Blog Talk Radio. It's the final episode of 2017. I'm your host, Rodolfo Roman, for The Roman Show, where we welcome Denzel Freeman, fresh off his Titan FC victory and his pro debut in mixed martial arts earlier this month. He joins us to talk about his experience in NXT and his young career in mixed martial arts. And Zach, the vocalist of Left Behind, joins us to talk about their latest album, Blessed by the Burns, and a whole lot more. Coming up next as we take a look of the year that it was, 2017 Sports, Entertainment, and more. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in the face. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Lido, guidance, surgeon, go. Lido, the Roman Show with your host, Rodolfo Roman. Welcome everyone, I'm your host Rodolfo Roman for The Roman Show alongside the dashing one, George Alonzo, 2017 has come to an end. Yep, and I'm here enjoying my very good old Christmas version of Peppermint Margarita. Induced of a little bit of Jägermeister in there, cheap plug. Yeah, cheap plug to that machine that you installed here in the office last week, thank God. But basically, nothing beats my good old margaritas. Thank God for our bartender. That's right. See, instead of coffee or tea, we serve Jaeger here in the Roman Show studio. It just spices up the show, don't you think, George? Oh, yeah. I feel spiked, but at the same time, I'm feeling good with this peppermint. It makes that feel fresh inside. Uh, uh, do you want to sip by any chance? Eh, no, nah, I'm all right. Somebody has to stay sober in this last show of 2017. But, uh, George, we got lots to talk about, of course, in this program. want to get some stuff out of the way. You know, it is the end of 2017, but want to give you the heads up. Already, January 20th, you got some amateur mixed martial arts uh, from a PFL taking place at 7245 Northwest 25th Street in Miami, Florida. Tickets are currently on sale. That's PFL Premier Fight League, the uh, amateur MMA uh, promotion that's on january 20th in miami florida 7245 northwest 25th street also on january 13 brain busters return burns at the hollywood elks lodge 7190 davy road extension uh, sorry, extension yeah that's the address 7190 davy road extension in hollywood florida and george paradise city comic con comes to town in miami January 12th all the way to the 14th. You're going to have McFoley, Scott Steiner, and a whole list of names from the comic and movie world. So you want to make sure you are a part of that coming in uh, in January. So a lot of things coming up in the month of January. I don't know where we're going to start, but hey, we got to do what we got to do in the Roman show. We'll be covering some of these events. So George, before we get things started, make sure to follow us on our social media accounts at The Roman Show on Twitter and Roman Show Media, both on YouTube and on Facebook. And visit our website, theromanshow.com, and on our YouTube channel, All Roman 201. Subscribe. We're going to drop a new interview this week 
with the new ROH champion, Dalton Castle. All right, George, let's talk some amazing, by the way, ROH champion, huh, George? Yeah, something that a lot of people didn't expect, especially with how ROH is running on the uh, on the coattails of Cody Rhodes. A lot of people, again, there's a difference between supporting and being a fan of to predicting who the next champion is going to be. Yes, there's a lot of fans and supporters of Dalton Castle, but no one expected Dalton Castle to win the title. And boy, did he surprise the world when he beat Cody Rhodes, especially with Cody Rhodes kind of like, in a way, dedicating that match to his father when he dyed his hair blonde. So it's kind of like, holy hell, what the hell just happened? Yeah, we didn't see that coming. And we'll talk more coming up next. We're going to talk some professional wrestling. We'll talk some music. We're going to talk all, man. Coming up next right now, uh, we're going to welcome in Denzel Freeman, fresh off his Titan FC fight. The man has a lot of stuff to say when he was uh, over at the Performance Center in NXT and, of course, about his mixed martial arts career. So coming up next, Denzel Freeman. Welcome everyone to The Roman Show. Once again, uh, make sure to follow us on the social media accounts at The Roman Show on Twitter and Roman Show Media, both on Facebook and Instagram. Well, Titan FC 47 delivered and we saw some new faces that are soon to make a big shockwave in the sport of mixed martial arts. And on the line, we have Denzel Freeman, who opened up the fight card. And wow, what a phenomenal victory on your debut, Denzel. Thanks very much for joining us, man. Thank you, thank you. No, it's, it's no problem. Now, Denzel, it was your first pro MMA fight. Uh, you won it, TKO, second round. Going into this fight for you, you feeling nerves at any butterflies? Yeah, I mean, like, it, I've been competing for, in this for a while, but yeah, I, I think these are the biggest nerves I had ever so far. But, you know, if they, they didn't go away until, like, I went out to walk to the uh, to the cage. I think I, I think I had it until then. So prior to this, because I, I was listening to Karu who was calling making the announcements, you were trying out to become a professional wrestler uh, over there at the Performance Center in Orlando. So tell me a little bit about the history. How did you get involved in MMA? How was it in transition? How did that happen? Well, they they found me. Um, during my years of college, when I when I when I, when I was wrestling at nationals in college, uh, after the finals match, when I was walking towards the podium, uh, I got put over by by one of the tennis scouts, and then they they told me to come down and try out, and I went out I went out a few months later, and I I, I got the job. I definitely got the job, but. You know, then I moved down there after college, but my time there was, was was pretty short. So you, so prior to your pro debut in MMA, how how long did you train in over uh, that performance center? Uh, I was in the performance center for only for only six months. Six months, right? So right after school, right after your collegiate wrestling career, you went out to the yeah. performance center and trained. So I mean, and that in itself was. was 
tell me about that experience out there. Who some of the coaches? I know they had several, many of them. Some of the greats that they have training you there. Well, my my favorite coach there was uh, Coach Bill Demott. Yeah. Uh, he was he, he was my favorite coach. Only mainly because he was he was a very understanding understanding coach. Like he he could like you can see his experience through how he handled things. Like he understand like there's different kind of people coming in from different places with different kind of experience and different expectations and work ethic. And, you know, he was, he was able to work with everybody. Yeah, and, of course, Blood Demont was there for some time until, unfortunately, um, they pushed him out, if you want to say. Uh, but he, you yeah. know, you're not the only one that says good things about him. Of course, he had a different way of coaching uh, or training, but a lot of the, the men and women respected him for the way that he did because it seemed like he really cared. It's just the way that he expressed himself was a little different. But, you know, sometimes you got to have that, that tough, rough skin to be in, in pro wrestling. Exactly. Now, so you there in six months, and then you went into MMA, mixed martial arts. Uh, you were training the Black Zillions. Black Zillions don't exist anymore, but some of the fighters have not trained uh, or created their own gym or, or, or uh, area to work with, like the Rashads, uh, Karu. So how did you get into MMA? I mean, did, did you tell the coaches, listen, this is not for me, I'm going to go to mixed martial arts? How did that come about? Uh, well... Actually, the, the the story of, of how, I, I, how I left WWE in NXT is is, is, is just it's quite funny because just I was still in that in that grind mode from college. You know, all I liked doing was working out and training and stuff. And then what what happened was after building my love, we got a different coach. And then one day, uh, the Undertaker, you know, one of the greatest pro wrestlers. Uh, who have ever performed? Who just retired? Uh, he 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 came in. Right? He came in and like usually I practice three hours long. And he came in and he he was talking to my group for the whole three hours. And like you you, you could tell in my face that that I wasn't feeling it, but it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was uh, we had to lift. Like within an hour, so I'm so I'm upstairs on my phone, and Undertaker, Undertaker comes upstairs. He comes upstairs. Everybody starts running it in his face, you know, because you know it's, it's, it's what you're supposed to do. He's supposed to talk to him all he can and suck up, suck up the knowledge and stuff. Oh. I, I see Undertaker. I look at him. I think I think think we connect the eyes, and then I just I stay on my phone. I don't move. It's like. In my head, I'm going like, dude, I just, I just heard you talk to the hour. I don't, I don't need anymore. <laughs> I don't need anymore. You know, and I thought, I thought that was all good. Came back the next day, found out that that little incident was un- unacceptable. You know, and, you know, like that, that little thing right there, it, it takes something like that much just to, uh, to basically sign, sign your pink slip. That, that, that's, that's really what did me in. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned The Undertaker because The Undertaker was one of the first guys to bring some of the MMA concepts to pro wrestling. He was one of the first guys to bring in the MMA gloves into professional wrestling. He even had a, use a, a, an arm triangle as a, as a submission hold, as a, as, as a victory, as, as a submission. So th- that was it. That was pretty much a moment that, that it changed you to just say, hey, not for me, when you met The Undertaker. I, I mean, it, no, it, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. 
like, 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 trust me, I, I, I've, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to do it, man, you know, it's just that, that, that incident, you know, with, with what I did and how it was, it was misperceived as disrespect towards Undertaker, mm. and once you, you know, if you, if you did some, if you disrespect somebody like that, and, right. you know, and it gets to the, and it gets to the higher, higher people in the corporation, you know, that, that, they're not going to let you stay. But you know, it is it is how how things happen. You know, like for me, I thought I thought always I I would have to get rich and then uh, fund myself to do the main. But it was just after I was released by WWE, I got a call by Glenn Robinson, you know, the owner of Black Zillions. Uh-huh. And Black Zillions still they still do exist. Like I I train with them now. Like we're we're smaller, but we still do exist right now. Hmm. And I got a call to come down, and you know. And, story writes itself and that's why I'm down here now so wow so Glenn Robinson gave you a call and how did he hear about you uh I believe it was it was from um just networking from the people that I know cause uh who I know from WWE like one of the guys I, I went with one of my classes uh uh, Savvy Piscatelli, or better known as uh, Gino Savatelli yes. in NXT, uh-huh. and he's he's good friends with Sugar Rashad Evans, mm-hmm. and I and I believe he made a call to Rashad, and Rashad Evans is the reason. Well, he's the main reason that I had an opportunity to start fighting. So prior to your MMA debut, how much training did you have in mixed martial arts? Uh. Well, prior to pro debut, well, I've been training with, with uh, Black Zillions for about a little bit over two years now. Wow. Incredible. And then in a phenomenal victory that you had on Titan FC. And obviously you had you went through your amateur ranks. You had to get your couple of fights in there to get yourself warmed up. So going into the pro fights the first time, you didn't wear any shin guards or any headgear. Uh did you train though without any shin guards or headgear uh, in practice to get yourself your body warmed up? Uh, yeah, without without the headgear, of course, because to be fair, man, we we do not like headgear because they they just don't seem useful, you know. Because mm-hmm. with the headgear, uh, our heads just seem like a bigger target. Uh, we take take more blows to the head than we would if we had them off and it just it kind of it kind of blinds us in some aspects as well so in my opinion I, I prefer to spar without without the headgear because then I, I have more of a urgency to keep my hands up to move my hands you know mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't go in thinking like hey I have a headgear on I can just be lazy with certain things I think one headgear might instill bad habits that wouldn't transfer well into a real life situation yeah, I see where you're coming from. When I when I train myself and I'm sparring, the headgear does become annoying. Plus, sometimes it shifts to the right or left. It even it impacts your vision. You can't see, or or it's kind of tight uh, right there above your ear, and it even creates like a headache. Um, so I feel you. I I totally understand you on that to to get your feet warm. So here you are, your pro MMA debut took place at Titan FC. Uh, a great great response there from the crowd. So, what is next for you? Are we going to be seeing you in February at the next Titan FC card? Hopefully, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know giving, giving you know, a call or text or whatever it is from Lex saying, hey, we want you on the next card. Now, I have to ask you this: 
do you have any perhaps future uh, thoughts of maybe returning to a pro wrestling ring? We've seen a lot of MMA guys like King Mo, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, right? They are two-time uh, or two-sport athletes. Do you have that in, in the back burner and say, hey, you know what, maybe I'll go back to it one day? Thinking of protecting our country, uh, and uh, incredible stuff that you're doing there, both as an MMA star uh, or fighter, and also a uh, WWE or a former WWE talent. Now, I have to ask you. Not sure if you kept up to date, but Danny Cormier called out. I'm sure if you know the Young Bucks, uh, who are over Ring of Honor. There was a uh, a match that took place recently where they did a spot. It was a, a six six man drop kick. So Danny Cormier gave his thoughts did you get to see that so he gave his two cents he says like it's like grown men watch this and you know what whatever happens ddt's and these old school moves what are your thoughts on that you always get to see a clash with the mma guys and the, and the wrestling guys and i think it was cody Rhodes says listen before you you say anything just remember you always come to us when your mma career is over and you always get those freebies at the at the staples center for free ticket passes so what, what are your thoughts on that since you've been on both ends I I come up the the, the six man drop kick. Correct. L A A coincidentally I just I just watched that like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> I just watched that because I, I have a friend uh, I call her, I call her Yam saying <laughs> she 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 said that to me and I, and I just watched it mm. and I I have to say that that was very enjoyable to watch <laughs> like. Uh, I mean, no matter no matter what you think about pro wrestling, you know, what, what, you know, like no matter which thing the people that do it, to do to do that takes a lot of coordination. <laughs> you know, like I, kudos to those guys who are being able to do that, especially with the bathroom. You know, to do that and nobody gets hurt. <laughs> That's a uh, congrats to them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't, I don't see why DC had to call him out. And then there's another wrestler named Flip Gordon. He's known now for these flips. All he does is flips, which is cool. You know, not too many men or women can do that. Uh, so he, he was just bashing, saying, you know, grown men watch this and too many flips. He says, you know, go back to the old clotheslines and the DDTs. And, but I mean, pro wrestling has evolved. It's not what it what it used to be back in the day. I, I mean, like. I don't, I don't, I don't want to bag on on DC like 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 we're talking about Daniel Cormier, right? Yep. All right. Oh man. Okay. I don't want to bag on DC, but like <laughs> <laughs> I want to see DC get a ring and do that stuff. Yeah, I don't know? think he can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure DC will, will, have, will have to will have to stick to the clothes pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Denzel, I want to thank you so much for taking your time, man, and uh, wish you good luck on your upcoming fight. Always look forward to uh, per, per, 
announcing your name as you come into the cage. And um, Batman, sir, I'm, I'm assuming you're a big DC fan. Yeah, you know what? The, 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 the funny, the funny thing about Batman is like I, I went on like the shirt dog and everything, and the, and I see that they put as my nickname, they put Batman. Okay. And I, I could have sworn on the bio, on the bio, and then everything I wrote, I wrote down Luke Fox and not Batman, but somehow I still got Batman. Yeah, that's why I asked. It says Luke Fox okay, but I sure not Batman. What, what the hell did this come out? Some of us I got I the wrong copy. How? I was like, how did I get Batman? <laughs> Someone got the wrong copy, but we got it right on Title FC, which is good. Well, then, uh, man, happy holidays and a very successful new 2018, and hope to see you inside the cage very, very soon, man. All right, thank you. Thank you, man. And now, it's time to give you a reality check. Well, George, you heard it. Denzel Freeman on the Roman Show to talk about his career, his young career. He just had his first mixed martial arts pro fight uh, over in Fort Lauderdale for Titan FC. So expect him to be perhaps on the next show for Titan FC, which is on February 16th. Get your tickets. They'll be on for sale very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Okay, George, so some pro wrestling. You know, 2017 uh, was full of surprises. Too many, in fact, to remember. I mean, can't remember a couple right now. The Shield return. Uh, let's see. You had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura went from NXT to the uh, SmackDown Live brand. Uh, we saw the uh, return of uh, Paige. Paige came back uh, with uh, her group. Uh, a lot of girl women from NXT jumped over to the main roster uh, over in Indies. We just talked about Dalton Castle becoming the ROH champion. The Bullet Club. You know they've they've made this huge impact. Uh, and it goes to show you, you don't have to be in the WWE to make a name of yourself. You know, using social media, using uh, but it even shows that they have a YouTube being the elite. Just raises the the, the bar when it comes to pro wrestling. Uh, Impact Wrestling, <laughs> they've had a lot of stuff happening in 2017. We don't even know what's going to happen in, in 2018. They've had change of leadership, uh, lawsuits with uh, Billy Corgan. So much to talk about here. Uh, also, in the indie scene, you know, how many faces have we seen that they were in the WWE, now they're in the indie scene, making a name for themselves. In Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, we talked about, or we mentioned prior to the beginning of the recording, George Okada and Omega, one of your highlights of 2017. So, before we get to that, in my opinion, my top, um, I want to say, surprise of the year would be Chris Jericho. Announcing that he's going to face Kenny Omega in New, Japan, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who in the hell would have ever thought that? Yeah, of course. Like, no one was predicting it. As a matter of fact, it started off like as a Twitter warfare. But then it grew to a case where, you know, some promoters were smart enough to say, hey, let's turn this Twitter issue into a real match. And now. Being as it may at Wrestle Kingdom is now, of course, like you were just mentioning, Jericho versus Omega for the United States Championship of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And now it's a no DQ match. So it's like, holy hell, what more can you give us? You know, this started off only as on social media. But it was a dream match for the fans. And New Japan was smart enough to give it to those fans. Now, one of my top memories of this year, of 2017, uh, is kind of like, not, uh, you know, opposite to what you were saying. 
it has to be those six star matchups between Okada and Omega. Uh, you know, not the, not only did they have one match, but they had multiple, and each one always six stars or higher. But at the same time, one thing I'll never forget is, of course, how Vince McMahon tried to bounce back from it with, of course, Jer- uh, sorry, not Jericho, I apologize, I'm still thinking of this year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom, was John Cena versus AJ Styles at the Royal Rumble, which to me was one of the greatest matches in WWE history. So, and that's ranking up there with a Savage versus Steamboat. It was one of the greatest matches I've ever been able to sit down and watch on my living room couch. So I have to say, these were the matches that made my year. Absolutely. No, uh, many, many great matches. You can't remember, too, the series of Kevin Owens and John Cena. Yeah, of course not. You know, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, you can look at the amount of debuts that we also saw this year. Uh, think of it, you know, we're talking about matches, but let's think of even debuts. Shinsuke Nakamura, someone that we thought we would never see in the WWE. Uh, you know, Asuka, uh, formerly known as Kana in Japan. Uh, you know, we saw the Women's Revolution, you know, with Kairi Hojo winning the Mae Young Classic. We, there was, there's so much that 2017 gave the wrestling business that is ridiculous. And I feel like, as a wrestling fan, this was the right moment to say, hey, I'm happy to be one. Yeah, and so many changes, uh, so many differences in, in champions. Heck, Jinder Mahal. Who in the hell would have seen, expected that, right? A guy who at one point was, you know, in wrestling terms, considered a jobber, became the WWE champion. And by the way, he had a great match with AJ Styles in the last pay-per-view. Yeah, but come on, when have you ever seen a bad AJ Styles match? Think of that one. <laughs> okay, but give credit where credit is due. I mean, Jinder Mahal had to do something as well. Yeah, of course, it takes two to tango, but I've never seen, no matter what, no matter who it is. Look, okay, prime example, everyone says John Cena sucks, right? Like, everyone says John Cena sucks, but it takes two to, to, to tangle. You know, it can't just be all AJ Styles. So every single match that AJ has been in has been phenomenal, including with Shane McMahon, and he's not even a pro wrestler. So think of it that way. I feel like this has been the year of AJ Styles to be known as a household name. Not when he was in TNA, but now when he's been part of the WWE. Agreed, and and I think he is. You know, if when Cena uh, is out, he can fill in those the the the, the shoes. While he's away, because AJ Styles has definitely put himself out there as far as a likable figure for the WWE. But so many things going on. Heck, I got to give you props too, George. You inaugurated uh, Sweetwater Pro Wrestling, an indie show here in Miami as well. And, and funny story about that. You know, in 2017 was the birth. A lot of people doubted it. A lot of people even questioned me. A lot of people uh, fought against me. Even the, 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 our own city fought against me, but we still gained 205 fans for a show that no one knew of the promotion to a fact that they, it went so far that 2018 will see the continuance of Sweetwater Pro going into March 24th featuring the Sandman at Extreme Justice. The fact is, is this, yes, thank you for the props, but Sweetwater Pro 
debuted in 2017 and it, like it ranks up there in my top five of memories in 2017. Absolutely. So Sweetwater Pro will continue uh, coming up next in 2018. So uh, when are the tickets going to go on sale, by the way? Are they, are they already on sale? They're already on sale. As a matter of fact, if you go to www.eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, by the way, event, B-R-I-T-E dot com, uh, you can only do a search for Extreme Justice, and basically there you will be able to purchase the tickets. Tickets start at $25 a pop, but here's the one thing before you go on into conclusion of the same, why is tickets so expensive? $25 gets you so many things and saves you $10 because $20 is going to be meet and greet at the door. But basically what I'm giving you for $25 is a front row seat and a VIP meet and greet with the ECW icon himself, the Sandman, where you get a photo op and an autograph, saving you $10 at the door. So if you told me at the door, hey, you want to meet and greet with the Sandman, it'll be $20. But Ahead of the show, all the way to the day of the show, I'm not closing off the sales a week before like other places. I'm closing the sales down on the day of. If you buy a ticket before belt time, you get to save those $10. You can't beat that. All right, predictions for 2018. George, what do you expect in the world of pro wrestling? What do you think? Of, in my opinion, and, I, and I'm, you know, hate me if you want. I don't know. Give me a heel turn. But... These cheesy, cheesy things happening over in the indie scenes, you know, it's cute for a while. But I'm gonna have to be on Daniel Cormier's side who called out the, uh, the. But but I think that wasn't that bad. The whole six man um, drop kick, not a drop kick. Um, what do we call it? The uh, the. the, 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 the sorry, it's a Jaeger super. No, nah, it wasn't a super kick. It was a uh, Jesus a missile drop kick. Uh, that was that was all right. That was cool. All right, I'll I'll repair over that. And he's saying that they should go back to the whole clothes and the DDTs, but that's okay. But things like I saw on this indie show with Macaulay Culkin coming outside doing the the Home Alone technique to win the match. I get it. It's entertainment. But come on, man, stop it with the gimmicks. You remember the WWE back in the day? They had those dumb gimmicks, uh, mud wrestling. Um, what what other stupid ideas did they come with? Uh, it goes on and on. But do you think that by the way that things are happening now, look, women right now are going to get the Royal Rumble for the first time ever, all right? There's a lot of respect going into the business. You should keep the entertainment portion of it. But to a certain degree, George, sometimes it's getting out of hand. Just leave it to the Chikaras. You know, they're known for things like that. Yeah, I see where you're getting at. But at the same time, wrestling has always been that form of entertainment per se, uh, quote-unquote. Remember, you know, it dates back all the way to the WWF when they re- brought in, like, rock stars and singers and movie artists and et cetera, et cetera, to boost up WrestleMania. Macaulay Culkin is just that next average name, except it's not on a big stage like WWE, is in the independent circuit. So you can't really blame you know, anyone because it's just another form of how WWE introduced entertainment into the world of professional wrestling they're just going on with the flow i understand your frustration but it's it's what the business is nowadays so and going into the daniel cormier situation i don't care whether you're complaining about drop kicks super kicks uh drop toe holds uh headlocks whatever 
The fact is, is that the wrestling has evolved. Wrestling has always been an art, okay? Wrestling has always been a form of a soap opera for men, okay? You get your punches, you get your kicks, you get your headlocks, you get your takedowns, you get blood, you get steel cages, all that nonsense. But at the same time, you also get your acrobatics in the high-flying vicinity, hence the high risk that these guys take. So instead of, you know, being salty and, and greedy and upset of all these people doing something extra to entertain these fans... Don't be talking so much garbage because at the end of the day, you do the same thing to entertain your fans. You go out of the way to, to write, you know, write and talk so much garbage about your, your opponents. Like, for example, John Jones, when they were fighting against each other, they went out there and spoke so much garbage. And why? To build the hype of your fight. Okay? Yes, it's real feelings, but you built the hype for your fight. Now, when compare that to, of course, what wrestling does with their high-flying facility to build the hype, to build the fans of what they do. So you cannot hate for how we build your, our fans in the wrestling world to your MMA world. So it, 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 to me, Daniel Cormier is just blowing steam where it doesn't belong. Now, one thing, though, that he get did called off for, and I think it was Cody Rhodes. He said, listen... When your MMA career is over, all right, you are the guys, one of the first guys to hit up the E for a job. And they're the first one to get comp ticket to the World Call. He, I mean, he called them out fair and square. But I, I, just to a certain degree, though, George, and I get it, it's cute. But some of the gimmick matches, you know, that's just my opinion. I think that 2018. Uh, because of, of what's going on, for example, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, bring a little bit of onicity on, on, on to the world of professional wrestling with that Omega and Jericho match. I'm excited for it. I think that really is going to set up uh, a, a bright uh, future, if you want to say, for 2018 and then some leading up. I mean, they're, li they're literally, they had advertisement at the Staples Center for... Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, George. That just shows you how much of a pull or promotion New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom has had. This, by far, I think is probably the biggest Wrestle Kingdom to date. As a matter of fact, they even wrote, uh, put out a, uh, a status saying that this has been the most international tickets they've ever sold for for Russell Kingdom because apparently I I don't know the numbers but apparently that the numbers from outside of Japan were overweighing the numbers of fans in Japan so it's like holy hell you finally got fans from the United States the United Kingdom from China from uh, Europe all these people buying tickets more than the people inside your own country. And this was a company that was only based in one country, and that was in Japan. So it's, it's ridiculous because New Japan hasn't even gotten that huge you know, mainstream like WWE has where everyone around the world does. New Japan, yes, is known around the world, but it's because of the internet, because of social media, because of all that stuff. Like, 
it's ridiculous how far New Japan has become. And if you tell me right now, I what's coming in 2018, I'm telling you right now, New Japan is going to be the new competition for the WWE. And in this case, I don't see the WWE winning. Wow. Strong statement there from Georgia. We'll wait to see and exactly what the results of Wrestle Kingdom 12. All right, coming up next, we've had a, a wonderful year two in music. Avenge Sevenfold uh, toured with Metallica. Metallica dropped a new album. Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, two great musicians, but vocalists, unfortunately passed away and left us with so much great content, so much great music. In fact, Lincoln Park just dropped a, a new live album in memory of the late Chester Bennington. Also, Tom Petty, a great legend in the music as world, world also passed away. We had a, a shooting over in Las Vegas at the Country Music Show. So many uh, bad situations, unfortunately, that happened in the world of music. But at the same time, we had a good stuff. Like I said, Metallica dropped a new album. They came back after many years and toured the United States. Like U2 came out with a new album. Um, nothing more. A great band that has been around but is now re- really making a, a strong headline. Dropped a new album that you guys have to check out. Papa Roach dropped a new album as well. So a lot of great stuff. The great Marilyn Manson also dropped some new music. So a lot to anticipate also in the coming years as we await new albums from, apparently they're saying, Bring Me the Horizon, uh, Hailstorm. So many of these bands are going to be hitting the tours uh, coming up next for the World's Loudest Month and here in Fort Lauderdale, actually. Fort Rock used to take place in over in Fort Myers, but now it's going to take place in Fort Lauderdale uh, in April. So, so many great stuff, so many great content to look forward to in music. And if you haven't had a chance to check out some of the interviews we did earlier this year, then head on over to theromanshow.com and catch up both on our YouTube channel and on the Block Talk Radio uh, site as well or on our iTunes where we are located. So George, we're going to bring in Zach, the vocalist of none other than Left Behind to talk about their album Blessed by the Burns already out on streaming devices such as Spotify. Listen to the music of Left Behind coming up next. Welcome back, everyone, to the Roman Show. Make sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram, Roman Show Media, and on Twitter, at The Roman Show. All right, guys, Left Behind is releasing their second album, Blessed by the Burn. You can see some of the songs already, especially on Spotify. They've been releasing uh, one of the new songs, Early Morning, which is available for streaming right now. And it's a pleasure to have the vocalist of the band of Left Behind uh, from Virginia, vocalist Zach, who's joining us right now on the phone. How are you, Zach? Doing well. Doing well. How are you doing? Oh, absolutely awesome, man. Can't complain. So, well, this is the second album, Blessed by the Burn. Uh, you've released already, uh, you got Early early Morning on Spotify. Uh, I also took a look at the latest release of the video, Tough Love. Let, let's first talk about Tough Love in the video because this is a very personal one uh, to you and uh, the lyrics. They're so impactful. Uh, about this song, uh, which is going to be part of the new album. Was it was it hard for you to, to write this song, a Tough Love? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty hard to write about. Um, but it was one of those things like it was well worth it, and it was good to just get out of my system. And it was something I've been wanting to write about for the past year since everything happened. So yeah, and it's an it's so, yeah, it was, 
You know, I was, I was taking a look at the video on YouTube and uh, a lot of the, the feedback has been very positive and they were giving you a claiming for, for what you went through and expressing yourself. And they, they, they were just basically giving you that, that motivation. You know? So how does that help you, not only as a singer, as a performer, as a writer, but, but as a personal level? When performing, when performing this song, uh, is it difficult for you when you're performing on uh, on stage? Uh, no, it's like that's definitely like the most amped that I am during the set. Like that's the that's the one song that I put like everything into, and it's like the most. Um, like I get more excited about playing that song than any other song. It's, it's quite the opposite, really. It's one of those things like I'm doing it for for her, so it's uh, it's always great like, getting to play that one. And that's awesome. I'm not sure wherever she is right now, she's looking with a smile uh, with that song. So, Bless the Bird, Blessed by the Bird. Tell us a little about about the album. What can you expect? I heard Early Morning. It's another song. It's available right now on Spotify. You can give it a listen. But what can we expect? What What is the whole background, the theme uh, about this album, Blessed by the Bird, releasing on October 27th? Uh, it's a lot more developed. Uh, a lot more mature. Um, a lot of riffs. It's very very southern, very, um, it, it just fits where we're from, just being, like, from West Virginia, like, we're, um, like, the most southern northern state, so that's just kind of, like, the vibe we always have with our music is we have, like, these southern riffs and everything, and, um, a lot heavier than Seeing Hell, especially, like, the lyrical content and everything, it's a lot heavier, like, closer to the heart, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely... Like the most proud I've been of an album since we since I've been in this band. Um, very very distinguished. Really happy about this album. And Zach, what what message do you think the fans are gonna get from from listening to this new record dropping uh, later this month? Well, um, hopefully that uh, whenever something goes wrong in life, that they'll be able to find their way through it the way that I did. Uh, I had lots of stuff happened last year. My girlfriend died, and after that, I was in uh, the hospital, I was in jail. Um, all that's on the album. I just talked about everything really openly, and um, it's just about how I got through it. So hopefully, that helps other people get through stuff. Uh, writing that helped me get through it a lot. When you wrote this album, since you went through so many things, where, where did this writing take place? Did you, did you as a group get together and write it? Did you on your, by yourself write it and then present it to the band? How, how did that take place? How was the production for this record? As far as like the instruments go, we wrote, um, we wrote some of that together. Uh, some of that, uh, everybody wrote like a little bit on their own. Um, I don't, I don't touch any instruments though, but, um, then we wrote a lot of it in the studio, and I wrote uh, the lyrics all on my own. I just, I'd wait for them to bring the songs forward um, instrumentally, and then I would just go back and um, write lyrics over it. And Kate, our bassist, said, like, um, the song has, like, a certain feel, and then, like, once I, like, 
write the lyrics and record vocals over it. It's just like completely like different songs. So it's uh, always like nice for them to like um, hear the song and then like not really know anything about like what I'm gonna do. And then I just go and uh, track my stuff over it and it just completely like like takes it to another level. And you mentioned Very Heavy. That's what we expect in this album. I was taking a look at some of your, your past work with No Forgiveness, where it's just a little melodic and a little of the hardcore. Are we also going to see some of that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of melodic bits to the album, um, but it's, it's very heavy. Uh, definitely heavier than seeing out. Now, tell us a little bit about Left Behind. How did you guys come about it in West Virginia? How did you guys get together? Tell us a little history about it. Well, me, uh, our drummer Zach, and our bassist Cade, we all went to high school together. We grew up in Hurricane, West Virginia. And then um, our other, one of our guitarists, Brian, is Zach's older brother. So we started writing music in high school, and then um, we met Jordan. He was just in another band in the area, and he joined the band, and um, we ended up couple years after we were out of high school, we started like recording what would be like our first EP, Death Take Me, and um, yeah, that's just how it all started. Awesome. Now, you guys are currently on tour. Uh, how has been the tour so far? What has been the reaction? And when can we anticipate a- another tour this year or early next year? Yeah, uh, the tour went great. Uh, we, we just got off of the tour. It was um, about three, four weeks with Cuba. Zodiac, I am a great American ghost. All those guys are great. We love all of them. Um, all of their music's amazing. Uh, I don't know anybody that's to check it all out. Um, those were some really crazy shows. They started in Oklahoma, they went out to the West Coast, up to Washington, and went out to the, through the Midwest to the Northeast. And then uh, we went down to Georgia. Then we started another tour with Taylor and Bent Life in Detroit, and that went out to Denver. And those shows were amazing as well. Um, all great bands. Um, and we had a great time doing that. Then um, next month we're uh, uh, doing some dates with Despised Icon in the Northeast. And uh, then we're now playing a tour this week or next week, a CD release tour. And that'll take place in November through December. Amazing stuff. We get excited again for Blessed by the Burn dropping in October 20, on October 27th by Left Behind. Make sure to follow the band on Facebook, Left Behind, and uh, give their uh, YouTube channel also subscribe uh, to their channels to check out some of their latest videos. Zach, I want to thank you so very much for your time. Keep on rocking. I'm sure your your girlfriend is up there looking at you. You're doing great stuff by you know, pressing out that message about what she went through. I'm sure your lyrics will change someone else's uh, life as well that has impacted it so zach thanks so much for your time and look forward to seeing you out there on the road and make sure you add there florida uh on one of your upcoming tours we'd love to have you here yeah yeah we'll be sure to come through awesome zach thanks so much man i appreciate your time hey thank you thank you you too bye-bye ladies and gentlemen listeners all around the world welcome to the showdown well, well, George, uh, 2017 mixed martial arts here in Florida and overall mixed martial arts 
had some great moments. You know, I want to talk about, I think one of the biggest things, of course, was Conor McGregor heading over uh, to boxing, right, and taking on Floyd Mayweather, which was the second uh, payest or grossed fight uh, in the boxing history. Uh, also, you got to talk about John Jones getting busted. Uh, and we might not hear from her for quite some time mm. after the MMA world finally gave him the, hey, you know, we're going to let him slide. We're going to let him slip, but screwed it up again. Sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, when it comes to memories and MMA history uh, for 2017, I, you mentioned a great one with Conor McGregor, but the John Jones, I feel like it's the most disappointing one of 2017. I couldn't agree with you more, but also, George, in Florida, men makes martial arts. Well, they, we made headlines here as well. And on the line, we're going to call the guru of Florida Mixed Martial Arts, Mr. Frank Morjohn, joining us on the line right now. Frank, how are you, sir? And Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks again for having me on, Mr. Rodolfo, and uh, greatly appreciate it, and Happy New Year. Well, Frank, you know, Mixed Martial Arts over in Florida didn't disappoint. We had some several events that took uh, place here. Fight Time Promotions had a couple of events. Uh, we didn't hear from them after in the latter part of the year, but Titan FC keeps on going very strong. We had some other shows up north. Bellator made a little small but quiet uh, appearance here in South Florida. But give us a little recap and your thoughts of 2017 uh, mixed martial arts in Florida. What, what were your thoughts in the end conclusion as we already conclude this year? Uh, the sport of mixed martial arts. What the first thing I like to compare where we stand in MMA. I like to compare what whatever uh, the the first sport uh, that the Florida Boxing Commission covers, and of course that's that's boxing. So my first thing is, is how did we do? How did MMA stand alone against the, the sport of boxing in the state of Florida? So of course you know the stats that that I collect over over the years is through documented through through the Florida Box Commission we get their documents we get their uh, their paperwork and we just start uh, putting a database together and uh, as far as MMA is concerned like, uh, versus boxing this year again boxing beats MMA in the state of Florida boxing made up for 55 percent of all the events that the Florida Boxing Commission did this year. MMA making up for, for 43%, and then there was a kickboxing show that made up uh, 2%. So uh, so MMA falls behind boxing, again, for the fifth year in a row. Um, I think that uh, it's, it's a pretty strong statement that, that boxing is definitely has more events than the MMA events. And I think we could ask the question as to why is that? And I'm, I'm sure that everybody will have their, their two cents as to why that is. But, um, but now if we go back those, those five years, and from 2013, you know, how are, you know, where are we, where have we gone from MMA for the past year? Did we do better than last year? Um, last year numbers are actually the same. 2016 and 2017, we did 23 pro MMA events, and it took 10 promoters to do that. Wow! So I think that I think that's fascinating. The numbers didn't go up, nor the numbers didn't go down. Um, the in 2015 we had 19 events. So from 2015 to 2016. 
an increase in pro MMA shows. Um, but who are the people that are making it happen? This year we had Titan FC. Titan FC definitely makes up the 22% of all the events that happened this year. Um, they did more shows than any other promoter than the other nine promotions. Um, in tied for second place is three companies. Uh, Fight Time Promotions made up 13%. Real Fighting Championships made up for another 13%. And Island Fights made up for another 13%. As well as Combat Nights. Combat Nights made up for another 13%. We got four people in, in second place as to how uh, the events were scattered throughout the whole entire state of Florida. We had B3 Fights that came in. As you know, it's an alliance MMA company trying out their new uh, their new company here. John Frisco uh, took over V3 fights over there in the Tampa area. And although he did an amazing job with it, um, they were only able to do two shows this year, which is fantastic, which is great. And um, Combat Night, you know, they do amazing things over there. We had three out-of-towners, if you will. We had Bellator, of course, as you know, in November. We had Combate Americas who came. Mm-hmm. We had um, Professional Fight League, aka WSOF. Um, they all make up for 4% of, of the events in, in Florida here in the state. So, not bad. I mean, we got 10 promoters um, doing shows. We winded up with 23 events and, and uh, 270 fighters participated in those 23 events. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, 270 fighters, which, you know, is is a show in all in itself because if you break that down with how many fighters there are just in Florida, you know, is Florida providing that many shows so that all these fighters can fight in their state? I don't think so. But it's pretty amazing when you think about it because then if you put too many shows on, 23 events, let's say we went to 46 events, let's say we doubled it so that more fighters can get on the card, so more fighters can have the opportunity to build on their resume and everything else and and look for that shot for the UFC, then are we going to complain, wow, 46 events in Florida, that's just too much, oh my God, we're being saturated by all these events just like the talk now with the UFC and how many shows they are and how many they're on Fox, there's a free, FS1, pay-per-views, and now everybody feels that the UFC is saturating all these events that, you know, it's not the same pumps anymore than it was when they were just giving shows little by little. So it's kind of interesting if you put those, those things together, hey, you know, do we want these fighters to fight? And if we do, we're going to need more shows. Mm-hmm. But let's not complain that we have now all these shows and, now it's being watered down, so to speak, as to, you know, how many people are going to go to the shows and who's looking into it and all the other stuff. Because one has to be it. We either do more shows and put more fighters in the card. Because then what, what's, what's the remedy for that? If, if we don't, if we stay at 23 events, because think about it, you know, there's only 270 fighters that are going to fight throughout the year. That's it. You know, so there's more than 300 fighters, 350 um, pro fighters, in the, in the state of Florida. So that means they just have to go somewhere else. They have to travel. They have to look for other gigs in other states. And, and that's costly. You know, now they have to pack up and go. And 
and look for fights um, other places. So, Frank, what do we got in store for 2018? We understand that UFC is returning to Florida in Orlando in February. But what else can you let us in? What type of secrets can you let us in uh, here in the Roman show that people can expect? so much and we look forward to 2018 mixed martial arts here in florida starting off fresh with uh i want to say the ufc will be first then will be titan fc um here in florida of course the ufc being the, the, the well, big show in the let's, let's not forget brother let's not forget xf man they're doing their show in ah, january man. very they're true very true that's right so, uh, which is which is i want to say is what the first right you got well not the first because we've had that before the combination of amateur and pros kick off the year in the first two months we got three exciting events frank i want to thank you very much for joining us here on the roman show to talk some mma and let us in on the scoop and on the insight 
uh, when it comes to Florida MMA. And looking forward to 2018, sir. Awesome, brother. Keep doing what you guys are doing. I appreciate the time, man. See you guys in 2018. We'll see you then. Thank you, Frank. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty, George. So that pretty much kicks off the Roman Show 2018 Mixed Martial Arts coming to an end. But December 30th, George, is the final pay-per-view for the UFC. Chris Cyborg versus Holly Holm. Chris Cyborg has said that she's going to test out her boxing skills against Holly Holm. Holly Holm, of course, notoriously known for knocking out Ronda Rousey. Can she do the same for Chris Cyborg? Listen, you have to think about this, George. Holly Holm is going in the fight. Really? She has nothing to lose. Cyborg has everything to lose. Considering that she has that no that that, that you know undefeated streak that no one could defeat this woman. And if she stands in there, and let me tell you, if I were to compare the both, yes, Chris Cyborg could hit. She could hit hard as hell. But I I see Holy Hom being more technical on her striking. So she's going to be a lot more careful on like a Chris Cyborg who's just going to throw to kill. So many people might go in thinking, oh, this is an easy win for Chris Cyborg. I don't think that's the case. I think it could be for a very good, exciting, possibly, potentially, five-round fight. In fact, if he just sticks to the stand-up game, Cyborg could lose. She had a Muay Thai fight, and it didn't go her way. So Cyborg needs to be careful. Yeah, but you see, you, you, you answered your own situation there. You said that Holly Holm has nothing to lose, but Cyborg has everything to lose. And when you put someone as dangerous as Cyborg, where she has so much on the line, that makes it for an extremely dangerous fighter. You know, same thing for, for McGregor. Like, when he went into the boxing ring, he had everything to lose. The man had everyone's eye and attention and everything and so on and so forth on him representing the MMA world. What happened? He took Floyd Mayweather to, what, six rounds? So that made him a very dangerous person in a boxing ring. This being a guy who's never trained in boxing against a world-class athlete in Floyd Mayweather. An MMA fighter. In there with a professional boxer for six rounds. So what's going to happen when you put everything on the line against someone who's already as dangerous as a as cyborg? So and let's not forget, George. There's been rumors that Floyd Mayweather could be coming in to the octagon. He's denied it already, but apparently Dana White went on the record and said there has been conversation. <sighs> We've seen the shift of. Uh, boxers making their way into the octagon and let's just say it just doesn't go right so please please for the sake of the sport just leave it as is everybody got the fight that we want to see McGregor and, 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 and Mayweather let it go there's also rumors that McGregor might take on Pacquiao just let it go man it's over let's start off 2018 very competitive and let's ha get Conor McGregor inside the octagon where I feel he belongs well, yeah, you know, Conor McGregor does belong in the octagon, but I'll say this much right now, like everyone said, if you put a professional boxer in the other way around as far as putting him in the octagon, they could rest assured that they won't last one. 
Uh, I'm sorry. I know Floyd Mayweather is a great boxer, knows his way around the ring and, and all that stuff, but MMA is not his forte, and I don't see him as good as he is. I don't see him lasting a full round in an MMA octagon. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up 2017. Thank you very much for the support, the love here. We wish you a very prosperous and healthy 2018 and look forward to covering many of the events in, the, in, uh, in South Florida and more. Make sure to send us an email, your opinions, anything else you'd like to say regarding our show. Perhaps you want to go ahead and voice your opinion about our thoughts. Send us an email, info at theromanshow.com. Again, subscribe to our social media accounts. That's The Roman Show on Twitter. Roman Show Media, both on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, and on Instagram, and our Roman 201 on YouTube. Any final thoughts, George? Anything you want to say? Just keep on listening. Keep on feeding me margaritas. And also make sure to purchase your tickets for Sweetwater Pro Presents Extreme Justice on Eventbrite.com. There you go, guys. Happy 2018. Enjoy it with the family. We'll catch you in the new year. If you haven't been on, you haven't been heard. Thanks for listening to The Roman Show.